Did he really fix anything? I have no idea. Uh, uh, it is a mess. The car is gone. Got a little brain for science up in here. Chris is our internal time cop. It works out. The gloves are off. I'm going to just rip into this movie. <laughs> That's soliloquy on time travel. Why would they want a beaver documentary? What's the point of that? Oh, because all cops in the 20s were Irish. I didn't even know that. Musical, Time Cop 2, oh, incredible. I don't care what the format is. I have to talk about time travel. Yes, I'm talking about the wheel. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Movie Smash! Welcome to Movie Smash, the podcast that looks at comic book movies outside the MCU that you may or may not remember. If you're the type of person that enjoys talking about hidden gems or just likes to tear old movies apart, this is a place for you. And with that, let's get started. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Roberts. I'm the founder of Off Panel Creations. With me today, I have Jeremy Parmentier. Hi, this is Jeremy Parmentier of the Retrovaniacs podcast, the Subtastics Band, and I'm a law enforcement officer that deals with kitchen herbs. A time cop. Oh, that is terrible. I'm sorry. Please don't stop listening. <laughs> and Fergal Mayo. Hi, I'm Fergal Mayo, your founder and owner of Gotham Night Comics. I, while I am not a time cop, I do assist time cops. I help them to come back and not smash into walls and end up in smears. So this is a perfect show for me. I can use my various expertise to explain how we do that. Our movie tonight, or today, depending on what time you're listening to this, is 1994's Time Cop. Stars the ever-famous Jean-Claude Van Damme, Mia Serra, and Ron Silver. Directed by Peter Hamm, a uh, joint venture with Jean-Claude Van Damme. The uh, relationship will go on for a very long time. Before we jump into the movie, guys, how familiar were you with this movie, the characters, or even the, the comic book? I was actually familiar with the comic book. I've actually read this comic book um, when it first came out because it was I was a Dark Horse kind of fanatic back in the 90s. Uh, there was a lot of great titles they were putting out, uh, Spawn and others. So I was uh, I was definitely familiar with this book. And it, while it, it doesn't even follow the story whatsoever, it's an interesting comic book. Characters interesting, um, stories interesting. Uh, so I had seen this movie. I you know it's a John Claude Van Damme movie. When it came out, it was perfect time to go to the movies with your friends and watch a pointless movie that you don't pay any attention to. This was a hundred percent a movie I saw, and I've blended all these movies together. Some do and don't have Jean Claude Van Damme in them. So I had no idea this was based in a comic. And in fact, uh, you know if you've been listening to all our episodes in order, you know I've decided I'm going to try to find the source material after being the guy who's like, no, nah, I didn't know this was a comic. I couldn't find this anywhere. I, I know what it's from, but I couldn't find it uh, other than like online used versions. So I, I never read the source material. I, I do know that they kind of took the story from this and I guess made a next run, another run of comics with Time Cop uh, that are more based on this. But the original story is totally different. I do know that much. But other than that, I'm hoping for we can fill in uh, if any of this is from the original series, including how he actually goes through time. I did not know this was a comic at, at before seeing this. I don't even think I saw this movie back in the day. I might have. I felt like I've seen it. But like Jeremy sort of hit it. All Jean-Claude Van Damme movies were very similar. Um, it's basically him doing the splits and kicking people. I have no I feel like I've seen it. I feel like I saw those scenes. Maybe it was on TBS in the background somewhere, but I cannot find a distinct memory of me actually going to a theater or sitting down in front of a TV to watch this thing. What? You would have seen it. it you might it might you might have missed it for Bloodsport or Street Fighter or Hard Target, or any number of movies that Jean-Claude Van Damme did in the 90s, or even Cyborg or Universal Soldier, because they all sort of look the same way. Well, I definitely remember Universal Soldier or, or Street Fighter, but since you guys remember seeing this movie in the first place, what were your thoughts at the time? Um, can someone pass me another beer? 
because uh, it was about 20 years old at the time, 1994. If I'm assuming I was right about 20, I think I was in college. Yes, I was in my first year of college. Uh, and so at that point, I was, uh, when I went to movies, it was about getting a beer, sneaking as many of those in, possibly getting a little bake before I go see a movie. So we just laughed and had good times. And I thought that it was good at that point, at least as much as I can remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember this at all. I probably for the same reasons. Although I wasn't uh, in college at this point, I was still younger than that. But I, I'm sure it's the same reason. Uh, it, I, these movies all blend together to me uh, from from memory. Right, once I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this now. But like, I had blended this in with Universal Soldier and actually with Demolition Man and with like several other movies that John Van Clam is not in. John, bleh, whatever, is not in. Uh, it's fine. I mean, it's it was in my mind just kind of a. Uh, a pointless sci-fi action movie that was, you know, just built so that John Claude Van Damme would have some reason to do the splits and punch people. So I, I really hadn't put too much thought into this. In fact, when you recommended this, I thought maybe I'm thinking of a different movie, which I was. I was thinking of Universal Soldier. Um, but I was still thinking of the same kind of movie with the same actor. Uh, I don't know. I thought, thought there was another time cop that wasn't this. Uh, but I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised uh, that it was, in fact, this. It's amazing because this movie is, I think, Jean Claude Van Damme's most high, highest grossing film of all time. And none of us fully remember this movie at all. I didn't even know that because I know this came out in the same year as probably his lowest grossing movie of all time, which was Street Fighter. Yep, exactly. And this movie was actually the first, we'll get more into the, uh, that sort of stuff, but it was actually the first of a three movie contract that he had lined up with Universal. So before we jump in the movie, Fergal, I think we need to talk a little bit about the comic and the, the source, the Dark Horse uh, run of this thing. What do you know about it? What can you tell us? Yeah, it's an, it's, it was an anthology. It was actually um, Man Out of Time. So that was the story. It was an anthology. It was based on a three-issue. I think it was a three-part story, three comic books. Um, same story, same Walker. The characters are the same, same TEC. Um, the year is different, 2007. Um, they're trying to stop unlawful time travelers. The bad guy, the protagonist, the antagonist was not the same. This was much more about um, stopping future tech, so people going and, and kind of changing the future and changing the past, and he ends up helping somebody. You know, same story, money and wealth, and uh, but what they end up doing is leaving... Um, um, machinery in, in the past, which ended up recreating the future and changing things. So he had to go back in the past with the guy who was up against and jointly stopped that machine. So it was it was sort of all over the place. But if you were pulling directly from the movie, as it seems to be the case, if you do watch movie Smash, which of course I recommend you do, you'll notice that uh, as a lot of our things, a majority of comic adaptions do not tend to faithfully adhere to any of the major plot points. And this is just uh, another one that did the, the comic was forgettable in a sense. It was all right. The, I think the cover was really cool. I own the book simply because of the cover. Um, but, you know, the story was forgettable. I mean, it was it was a good story. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. Um, but it was it was just a regular comic book. I don't think, you know, it's definitely, if, you know, to Jeremy's point, you're not going to find it in too many places. It's not a super valuable book by any means. Um, and it, it, was, it was all right. I think you're right. This was the era of loose adaptations from for, uh, from comic books. Most people just borrowed the IP and then took it where they wanted to go. But we'll get more to that in a bit. Before we sort of sink our teeth into this movie, quick spoiler warning. Uh, we're going to be discussing the plot of this movie, what little there is, and may discuss some elements that may be considered spoilers. And given that this movie is almost 30 years old, I don't feel bad about doing it. No. And to your point, there's not many plot spoilers. If you have seen three Van Damme movies, you will tell us the plot. The, the Watchmen episode may have been our longest episode. This might be our shortest. We'll find out. 
So the plot of this movie is essentially it follows Max Walker. What a great action hero name. An officer for the security agency called the Time Enforcement Commission. Um, They're tasked with defending the past to save their future. Uh, We'll get more of the rules of this time travel scenario in a bit. But his job is basically stop people from going to the past and changing things to ruin his future, his his present. You all remember Dr. Hans Kleindast? Well, for the past 20 years, he's been trying to keep his face off the cover of Time magazine doing research. His field of research has been time travel. You can't go forward because the future hasn't happened yet. It turns out if you go back and you change something, it's serious. It could be catastrophic. We have to form a brand new covert agency to police this technology and to actually protect time. It'll be called the Time Enforcement Commission, or the TEC. This man seated next to me is Commander Eugene Matuzak of the Washington Police Department. He is our choice to run the commission. Agent Walker, I've heard a great deal about you. And I've heard a lot about you, Senator. Will you get him? Just tell me what happened to you. That's one of the dangers of having an agency like that. Well, imagine the dangers of not having it. I can't go back. The younger one was dead. If he were dead, he would not be here. It would come back as many times as it takes. Let's talk about the characters in this movie. And I say that with uh, air quotes because there's not too many of them. So who stands out to you? Oh, Ron Silver. I think he, he was an idiot guy, but he he relished sort of like um, there are a lot of, I mean, you can go over it. Like even Jack Nicholson, I think he outperformed in Batman. Every once in a while, you get a bad guy that knows he's a really bad guy, knows the movie kind of sucks, but he's going to have fun with it. I think Ron Silver did that in this movie. Um, Mia, C- Mia Sarah, um, at that point, I was still looking at her as Ferris Bueller's girlfriend. So I was like, what the hell is she doing in this movie? Um, where's Ferris? Because um, that was my biggest concern in that, that whole story there. But um, overall, not bad. I mean, it, I think the bad guys, if you couldn't spot them from a mile away, Way, especially the guy with the um, the um, uh, the uh, uh, what do you call it the uh, the brohawk with the beads on the back of his head. You could spot these bad guys a mile away. You wouldn't even have to be a cop to spot these bad guys. They looked bad. Yeah, other than the main bad guy, who's who? I mean, again, we already warned people. We warned we were going to tell them about it. And they actually—it's not like it's a secret. They pretty much tell you from the get-go who it is. But there's there's like a senator who ultimately. Uh, is is trying to become president, so he's going back in time to get a bunch of money, as opposed to going back in time to where he could just be president by knowing more than everybody else. He decides to be president in the current by going back in time to find ways to make tons of money. He's sending people back to do his work to get money. So he's like the ultimate bad guy. That's Ron Silver that you had mentioned. I don't know the actual character's name. Uh, it, it he was fine because he you know he he was believably a bad guy, right? But you're right. Every other bad guy in this might as well have a shirt that says "I'm a bad guy" because they look like you know generic. 80s mall cops, or uh, not mall cops, 80s generics, uh, like punk gang guys. Like, they're just, it's fine for what it is. Um, I do want to talk more about the time travel. Uh, that's really all I'm going to complain about this whole time. I don't like time travel movies at all. I'm not a fan of, of time travel because it's always, the rules are always too wonky. Unless it's just like you go back in time and you're stuck, right? Then it's fine. Or you go back to the age of the dinosaurs because who cares? It's way far back. You're not going to affect people as if you go back 30 years or something. The time travel rules in this are still too loose for me. He goes back and he's supposed to stop you from changing stuff, but he's still changing a few things just by being there. People are seeing him, he shows up, he's wearing clothes that are definitely out of time for the current place. Uh, and the, even the opening, opening section where you see him go back in time, um, it, like his first mission you see, I guess. Not his first mission, but the one you get to watch, where he, he's, he finds the guy who's, who's gone back in time to the, the stock market crash to buy a bunch of cheap stocks that are going to go way up in value 50 years later or whatever. Like, even that, all these people saw him. Like, there's all these things that, that are going to be 
affected because he's there on its own. Even if he stops this guy from buying it, there's all these other things that happen. I don't know. I hate time travel movies. And and the way they do time travel in this makes even less sense to me. The time travel in this movie is done by they get into like a vehicle that drives, you know, really fast, like at eight miles per hour kind of thing, like Back to the Future. But instead of uh, being a cool DeLorean, it's like this on a track. But then once they appear where they've traveled to, the car is gone. The car is mystically vanished. The car's not back in the past or wherever they came from because you saw the car disappear. They appear with no car. And then when they go back to the, I'm going to say current time to be like the main time of the movie. When they go back to the current time, the car's back. Where does the car go? So, Jeremy, how do you feel about time travel? I'm not a fan. Let's talk about it. We'll go back in time three minutes and we'll hear that whole thing again. I'm not a time travel fan. That was was my biggest problem with it. I think we do need to have a long discussion about time travel in this movie. And I, I believe right, it is a mess, to say the least. But before we move on to that, some of the characters I thought were interesting. Uh, the character you didn't know the name of, McComb, oh, yeah. he was the uh, the big villain in this. And you're right, it's 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 broadcasted that he is the villain. In fact, I think, what, 15 minutes into the movie, uh, Jean-Claude's confronting him about being the villain by using as being subtle, as, as subtle as he can be. Yeah. Well, and that was that was probably my big. I mean, so Jeremy, that was a wonderful soliloquy on the horribleness of time travel. But you know, one thing I will mention in that whole scenario was the simple fact that when the car disappeared, I'll take it one step further. When they slammed it, because they have this smear on the wall, and they like nobody knows how to clean blood off a wall. I think that's supposed to be a warning. You should draw a big spot, put little happy faces and eyes on it, so people knew they were actual people. So forget all that, because that made no sense. But to your point, when they're coming back the car's gone and they just have to press a button and walk through and they're back in the time and then the car mysteriously comes up so i i don't i you know that was the other thing but beyond the fact that yes time travel other than being an amazing one line in the avengers endgame it just doesn't make sense now i will tell you the only good time travel movie that i've seen that i enjoyed was that hg wells remake with guy pierce i i know a lot of people are going to beat me up over that but i think that was a great movie well, again, like we mentioned, I just mentioned Back to the Future. I think that's a fine time travel movie because they're not going back in time to stop people from going back in time, right? But if your whole point is to be the agency that stops people from going back in time because it causes all these problems, just you going back in time is causing a bunch of problems. In, in, in fact, towards the end, all these things happen. He goes back to a current time where people don't remember him or remember other people or remember things going on. Like he's totally jacked up the whole time screen. He's not going back to where he started. Did he really fix anything? I have no idea. And also the simple fact that um, and they should have maybe there should have been some exposition, some made up technology about this. But the moment somebody goes back in time and changes the past, the present that they're in does not exist anymore. Right. So they wouldn't know go, to go back in time to stop it. There is there is no plot, no lore, no exposition or anything done to smooth those plot holes out, to say the least. But the one thing that is interesting for you for time travel, the character uh, that the uh, the commander of the, the facility, uh, the time enforcement agency or commission or whatever it's called. When I was watching the movie, I was like, this guy looks so familiar. He's got to have been in something else. So I looked it up. He plays a character called Captain Braxton in Star Trek Voyager and is responsible for policing time travel. Oh, no, that is a good question. I did not know that. It's all connected. It's a secret Star Trek movie. Well, that would make a whole ton of sense. But where was Kirk? That's what I would love to say. I mean, Kirk, because even that time travel movie had some interesting stories to it. And we all know what one we're talking about there, the search for Spock. So even that one, even the around the sun process gave me a little bit more feeling like something was grounded in science. This was just grounded in don't get smeared on the wall. 
okay, one, don't say that going around the sun, time traveling is grounded in science. Are you talking about the whale movie? Yes, yes. Four, Star Trek Four. Yes, I'm talking about the whale movie. That is at least, again, the concept being that if you can slingshot through the sun at a certain speed because it has been postulated in the special theory of relativity. Don't get me started. I got a little brain for science up in here. You mentioned the car smashing to the wall. A uh, couple things. First off, they did name those splats on the wall. It was, a, it was the two people who failed time travel. I forgot what their names were. Um, like the most of this movie, I've forgotten it. But special effects. How did you guys feel about the effect of them getting in that rocket sled and shooting across and their face being distorted? Did you did it make it more believable for you? That was fine with me. That was Again, this kind of movie, the effects are going to be a little cheap, right? Almost everything looks low budget e i mean it wasn't super low budget but for a an actual movie it looks like it has some low budget effects they're fine it's it's got some early cg stuff in there like when they trans when they uh, when they do that effect um I, I will say and this is a massive spoiler for for the movie in general but it's i'm not going to give away when it happens or who it happens to but they keep warning you that two people cannot be in the same timeline like in the same space so you can't go back in time and find yourself and like and deal with each other. But I thought it was just generally like if you see each other, it would cause some kind of like time distortion or some other craziness. But literally, they mean like two people that are the same person. If you go back in time 10 minutes ago, right? I can't stand in the same spot I am right now. Like you can't up take up the same exact space. Your cells cannot be touching each other in the same space. And that does happen at one point, And it's the biggest letdown ever. Yeah, you definitely can't high five yourself. No. Agreed. Agreed. That would be the biggest thing because that, when they, they, you're right about that postulation of the idea that you can't occupy the same space in the same time. Uh, but I was a bit confused when Ron was talking to Ron, uh, and I was like, "Well, what, well, they're they're in the same space." Or Van Damme was in the mall and he saw Van Damme, and I was like, "Well, they're in the same space." So there's another rule of time travel gone up the window. Uh, and, and and again, you know, then we add our little end game theory if we're going to throw a little science in there. Aren't they actually creating multiple branches in time and not really? changing i mean because every change they make is actually branching time in a different direction uh, yeah they i don't think they went into saying if this is a multi a multiverse type of time travel or a like a quantum physics kind of a thing yeah yeah no this is van damme being and you get to see his ass and mia sierra's tits which we all wanted to see in uh ferris bueller's that we didn't really actually get to see that was probably the most memorable scene in the whole movie besides the splits but seeing mia sierra's tits in that movie i slowed that bad boy down so you're saying you you just turn the movie off after 15 minutes <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I was in and out of it, but I mean, because I could literally jump into this movie at about a gazillion different times and be like, I know exactly what just happened. So, Jeremy, you sort of touched on a little bit about some of the scenes by Jean Claude going back, and disturbing the timeline just by being there. The stock market scene. Um, what are your guys' thoughts about that one? I didn't understand. So the, that's the opening scene of the movie. So giving this away is not going to spoil the time of you watching the movie. If you, if you decided I haven't, I'm on the fence about hanging up on this episode till I come back and watch it. This uh, this part won't bother you. Uh, at the very beginning, he goes back and he's he's stopping the guy that apparently is a coworker of his, another time cop that's gone back, and now he's you know looking through these stocks at the, during the stock market crash to find stocks are going to shoot way up in value and, and be worth tons. He can buy now for pennies. So he confronts him, brings him back to the current timeline to like face the time judge i don't know what that panel is supposed to be the tec like penalty bureau um and they decide okay well because he's gone back and he's missed the time first off the 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 penalty for that is death which i guess makes sense right it's it's you can really do a lot of damage going back messing with the time stream so i guess death is appropriate i thought it was a little shocking that that was their their immediate 
hey, you've gone back in time, mess with it, it's time for some death. So they sent him to death. The death, though, he gets sentenced to is they sent him back in time to where he came from, which coincidentally was jumping out of a window. How do they know that? I mean, I guess he could have told them. Yeah, yeah by the way, we can't have time. We were jumping out of a window, so we would fall to his death. But that's just where they sent him back to. Like, it, was, it didn't make any sense. Well, I think that would have also sent some of the kind of screw parts to the whole movie. You're right. First off, it was a judge-jury-executioner scenario. It was like, you're sentenced to death, and then we're going to bring you right back to exactly where we took you from. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, they did not put him in the vehicle, uh, or at least maybe they didn't show us they put him in the vehicle. They just sort of, all of a sudden, we see him, you know, bloop, and he falls right into the old car. And then the, uh, they had to throw the little Irish guy in there going, oh, saints bless us. Because all cops in the 20s were Irish. <laughs> that's a bit racist, but I'll take it. Cliche. And that's what the thing is about this movie is full of cliches. Uh, but I, I want to circle back to what you said about the tribunal. Um, obviously, that is the lizard people from the, ser- the Loki's television series. It's the same people. Like it's literally the same actors? No, it's not. I'm just- <laughs> I'm just saying same concept. You got three people whose job it is to judge a time traveler and just execute them. That's what they do. Actually, this would probably be more akin, if we're going to make a reasonable comparison apples to apples, this would be more akin to a very early Jason Statham movie with Delroy Lindo called The One, one of earliest Jet Li's movies. Actually, the first guy was his partner that was, it was his partner for five years who was the guy buying up all the stocks. And he was doing it not for his own benefit. He was doing it for the benefit of our main bad guy who basically was like, this guy will, so obviously there's another time machine out there because this guy and and that's what kind of just like okay where's the other time machine where's that at what's going on there and so yeah but that's the only other movie you can compare it because there was a tribunal in the uh in the one but at least they sent them to a different realm like a different multiversal realm in time it was time but it was also multiversal time yeah two things the one great movie i wish it was a comics review it but it wasn't and two the way they do time travel for the the bad guys is they have the original prototype so the bad guys are using that original prototype that for whatever reason they forgot existed and it was supposed to be sitting in a warehouse in Maryland somewhere. So props to Maryland. Big ups to the therapists. Totally, guys. This is for me, this is a it's an 80s action movie that was made in the 90s. But how do you guys feel about the tone of this thing? Did it match the the plot? Um, I think the tone was decent. Um, to your point, I mean, it's not a lot to say there. It was an 80s movie made in the 90s, but except it was 2004, so there's a bit of a joke for you. Um, and other than that, I mean, you know, it was, you know, John Claude Van Damme uh, getting his ass kicked, uh, losing his wife, and then and then going through the process of being a time cop and, you know, wanting to somehow get his wife back and is able to give her kisses. So he's screwing with time a little bit. Uh, but I think the movie moved as, you know, I mean, if if you turn the movie off as I did. A couple times and came back to it or maybe skipped apart you're not going to miss a lot so totally i think it's does its thing it is a mindless uh, action movie it, it tries to have more i guess with the time travel aspect you get a little more thought behind it but really it's still just a mindless jean-claude van damme action movie yes he's he's got a gun but most of the time he still ends up punching and kicking people he's got the whole scene in the mall where like the the, the guy steals a person he like stops him by putting you know making sure he has a chance to do that really cool uh like lift his foot really high and stop him with that that move and then like even when the guy has come to his house when the senator sends the the the, like thugs to his house 
he finds a reason to do the splits on the counter so that they can <laughs> electrocute the guy in the floor. Like it's all the set, the set John Con Van Dam stuff, but it still works somehow. I, I it, it's mindlessly enjoyable, but it's not memorable at all. I mean, we've mentioned it a couple times. I blended this together with four movies, and I, we just watched this, and I'm still not 100 percent sure that I'm pulling the right movie. And it's funny. We are sort of bouncing around a lot. Uh, well, we're going through funny. time. We're time traveling. Yeah, we are going through time. This this episode is like a like time cop. It's about as as coherent. It's really about all we're missing are those incredibly awesome cars from 2004. Well, I, and that's what I was just about to bring up. You, you touched on it that the movie starts in 1994, and the first scene is they're stealing gold from the Confederacy, where they prove it's stolen by carbon dating it but you can't carbon date gold and also it would only show if you could it's recent because it skipped time but put that aside the and then it's the time travels invented in 1994 and it fast forwards the year 2004 i gotta tell you guys cars in 2004 were ugly as hell they were they were we were going in one direction and we went completely a different direction i don't know it was there enough carjackings that we went to tanks i don't i don't understand why do movies that take place in the near future always have ugly cars. I don't get that. And they always make them boxy. They always make them real boxy. But I guess that makes sense because if you're going to make a cyber truck, it's also very boxy, right? So clearly in real life, people trying to make futuristic looking cars just make them look boxy. It's funny you say that. That was my first thought when I saw um, McCombs limousine. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, it's a cyber truck. Or even the car that that um, that John Claude Van jumps into, he just gets in. By the way, the cars, I have to say, look like tanks uh, in that. Uh, in in the I guess in the the future of 2004 back then, uh, his car has no windows. He just gets into a, basically a box with wheels that looks and shaped like a car, but really could be shaped like anything because you're not seeing out of the window and just says home. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it has no windows to look out of. There's nothing for him to do. It's not like it's a robot driver like in uh, in Blade Runner. It's just like yeah, no, your car just knows where to go. You don't need to see windows. Now, imagine how terrifying that would be to just get into a box you can't see out of and it's just moving 60 miles an hour. Oh, that'd be. I mean slightly terrifying but uh you know there is a ton of privacy options in that there's a lot i mean i'm hoping there's some some technology for safety but there's a ton of privacy options so if you've got a slightly dirty mind yeah i would go find one of those cars it's funny there are so many little things in this movie that i think if you were to go back we'll we'll get to review in a bit but if you were to go back and watch this movie i think half the fun is seeing what's wrong like why are the washington police department in charge of time travel like i don't i don't understand that that is the one thing I – isn't there a special federal – well, first of all, how did the commissioner of D.C. police get selected for that, right? I mean, what was his qualifications when they were like, you're going to direct um, all of time's enforcement? Well, that, that was a Senate Oversight Committee's decision. They said, we're going to have the Washington Police Department handle this. Not not like you know a special unit or special forces, but literally the regular Washington, D.C. Police Department. And he played that part perfectly. He was Gruff McGruff. One thing I do want this is a little tidbit for you guys, but you remember the scene where they walk in on the technician and he is watching a virtual girlfriend? Yes. Yes. Okay. I like it. Yes. <laughs> that was now I cannot confirm this. I found this on one uh documentary, but I found no supporting documentation for this. That was not actually originally supposed to be in that movie. Um what happened was the team, there was originally supposed to be a documentary about beavers. And the off-site film team was supposed to go out the next morning and go to a reserve, but instead they got out, they stayed out, they stayed out late, they got drunk, they went to a couple strip clubs, and when they woke up the next morning, they missed the bus. And they needed something to film and bring back with them, so they met up with one of the strippers from the club that night and filmed that scene and just handed that in for their homework. 
Why would they want a beaver documentary? What's the point of that? The whole point was the technician is supposed to be super creepy, right? And walking in on him just watching a beaver documentary, I guess, is somehow creepy. I, I think it's creepier that he's got a new girl at his desk in the middle of work hours. So, I mean, I mean, that's, you know, that, that, and technically they did mission accomplished. It was a beaver. Oh, you know what? That's worth my time. Cop joke. <laughs> that was, that was bad. That was, that was bad. Uh, thank you. As good as John Claude Van Damme. I like to throw him out there every once in a while. I'm here every Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the fact that um, you mentioned it earlier, Jeremy, that the 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 bad guys in this, not McComb, not the main one, but they all look like they're straight out of like a dystopian 80s movie that's like um, and that you can look at it and be like, those are the bad guys of this movie. But in that first scene that they're in in the mall, um, I think one of you mentioned it where the, the the rollerblade thief steals something and he stops because Jean-Claude's boot is sort of hovering in front of his face. Yes. A la Zohan. And on his boot, it says, you know, can you read what my boot says? It says Wolverine. That's the branded boot Jean-Claude uh, endorsed at the time. But on top of that, do you know his hairstyle, Jean-Claude's hairstyle for it? They, the, the, the idea behind that was to make it look like Wolverine from the X-Men movies. Well, they did pretty well on that. Well, they did slightly well on that. But I want to just really quickly go back to the bad guys. If you saw two guys in combat boots and black over jackets looking completely out of place, super high with uber angry faces on them you telling me in our in any world that you're not gonna be like those guys don't look like they belong no he picked up the rollerblader guy he was far more dangerous <laughs> well and to, he did see them like he did see them uh because they were there and later on they're there again in the same time frame when john, john claude runs into john claude and goes back to that same mall and has the same kind of scene again but the, he does see them the first time and then they you know he doesn't really looks away and looks back and they're gone so it does do some foreshadowing that later on he'll actually be dealing with those same people in the same mall one of the things i like to do when we're, we're looking at these movies i like to go through not just the cast but also look at the people who actually worked on the film and see if there's anyone who stands out to me did you know sam Remy was one of the producers on this movie only because I saw it on the credits, but yes, I do now. But I that it's not one you hear about if you're a Sam Raimi fan. You're like, oh, remember he did Time Cop? It never comes up. Yeah, or they'll be on like the the Sam Raimi collection one day. That's actually that's actually phenomenal. Sam Raimi's an amazing director too. Um, producer, producer, writer, director, both of them. He was one of the producers on this. Yeah, he's actually he's an amazing producer. He's made some great movies. This may not be one of them though. <laughs> this was the pinnacle of a Sam Raimi movie, right? Just wait for the undead to show up. So, guys, I know we've sort of bounced around this a little bit, but should people go out and find this movie and go enjoy it as much as we have? You don't have to. It comes on TBS or TNT. This is so old that it will literally come on TV. Actually, this may have been rotated out of TBS and TNT. I don't know. I would say that if you um, watched Universal Soldier, you were like, that's an awesome movie, and you wanted to follow it up with something less serious and less sort of, uh, you know, has less 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 worried about a plot, then go watch this movie because you'll enjoy it. Because it'll be John Claude Van Damme, it'll be Mia Sarah's boobs, especially if you're a Ferris Bueller fan. Go watch this because it's worth it just to see your boobs. Yeah, no, I, I like this. I mean, it's not good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, this is not going to win any awards, but it was a fun watch. At no point did I get bored. I, I, again, I just like time travel, but in this case, you just got to roll with it and just point out how goofy it is. This is a great movie to watch. Uh, if, if you are still in, a, in like a movie watching group where you hang out with some friends and watch pointless movies, make fun of them, this is still a good choice for that. And, and it's not bad to watch on its own, just as a mindless action movie. Is it good? No, not by any means. Is it fun? Sure. Um, I would say. Would I go out and seek uh, – sort of what you said there, Jeremy. If I was on my own to go seek this thing out, 
I would probably not want to watch it by myself again. It's just not that much fun to watch this kind of movie by yourself. Even in a group and you're going to make fun of it, you're going to have, you know, some drinks at the same time. I, it'd be a lot of fun just because you can point out so many mistakes pretty much every couple minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But again, I know you guys are glossing over, but let's not stop talking about Mia Sarah's boobs. So <laughs> my question, my guys, the question is, should they remake this movie or based, uh, more based on the source material or in, in any way? Well, they have remade this movie a lot of times. And to Jeremy's point, they don't get time travel right very often. Um, and I think if, honestly, if you're going to remake this movie, put Jean-Claude Van Damme back in it. Like, get, I mean, the guy's still out there doing it. Let's get him back in this movie. That's what I think a remake deserves. Or, yeah, do a, do a sequel kind of pseudo remake where he runs into the old version of himself because they can do it all with CG now. It'll be really great. No, you don't need to remake this. It, there's no need. It's fine. It's what it is. It, I, I guess... I don't know the source material enough, so maybe is it worth redoing closer to that? I, I don't know. But no, this is fine as is. It's a perfect snapshot of this time frame and this kind of movie. I, you don't need to redo it. Yeah, it pretty much is a time capsule of the, of the mid-90s, even more so maybe the early 90s for a movie. The I've never read the source material, so I don't know if it's there's they missed a lot or there should be more. I have no idea. But they definitely made a, re they made a sequel to this thing and a TV series from this. Well, that that interesting TV series wasn't. It completely had a completely different bend altogether, and I didn't know they made a remake of the movie. No, not a remake, a, a sequel, a sequel, a sequel of Time Cop. Yes, yeah, called Time Cop Two, the Berlin Decision. Hmm. What? Go that yeah, the, 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 I have not seen the movie, but the plot of it is that, what I want to understand is that same group of people just they don't mention Jean Claude at all, but they're deciding should we go back and kill Hitler? That's the movie. Really. Which is funny well, because in the oversight committee, they mentioned we cannot go back and kill Hitler. Right. Yeah, that comes up. That's, that's it. They, they literally – and I'm just looking at the cast of Time Cop. And that was actually in 2003. God bless this. This was on Jason Scott Lee's uh, kind of turn at the end of his career a little bit. Um, so I, I assume if the head actor is Jason Scott Lee, he would have been the Time Cop. Um, I'm just kind of looking at this. It's It, it was a straight-to-DVD movie. I don't think this ever – I don't know if this does this ever actually get made into a movie? Like I'm like a, honestly like on TV or was this just really like uh, something that was for the uh, for the DVD world? No, straight to video, Broadway, a Broadway play, Broadway play, yes, musical, Time Cop two, oh, incredible. <laughs> that I would see now. That right there, if you could do Time Cop the musical, I would love that. Are you kidding me? So guys, how do you feel about it? Using the Fergal patented system, what is our rating for this thing? I'm going to give this, uh, it's definitely going to give it a half thumb. Um, it was good. Uh, as I said, I, I, I happen to be a fan of Ferris Bueller. So uh, for me, that was phenomenal. Uh, I know where I'm only speaking on the first 15 minutes. I think Ron Silver was deliciously dumb and fun evil. Um, and I think John Von Claudem, he just doesn't disappoint with his splits. So a good half a thumb. Yeah, I, I think a half thumb's a good mark because it's not, again, it's not a good movie. I don't know if it's a good adaptation or not. It doesn't matter. Uh, did I enjoy watching it? Yes. Will I, will I watch it again if I'm around a bunch of other people and you want to watch a dumb movie? Certainly I will. Uh, will I also forget the entire plot of this movie when I do watch it again? Yes, I will. Half a thumb. By tomorrow, you'll think it's Universal Soldier again. <laughs> I, I, I already kind of do right now. Half a thumb sounds pretty good to me. Siskel and Lieber gave a similar set of ratings. One thumb up, one thumb down. I think it was Siskel who said there was not enough scenes of Jean-Claude in his underwear. Oh, yeah. I think they made up for that by showing his ass. The um, Yeah, I think it was his first movie. He wasn't in a Speedo, from what I understand. 
So guys, we do have a mailbag for this episode. And for those of us, uh, those of our listeners, listeners, if you ever want to drop us a note, tell us how we're doing, give us a movie suggestion, or just tell us how we're wrong. If you go to uh, movie-smash.com and go all the way down to the bottom of the page, there's a submission form, throw in a name, what you're thinking about, any sort of email address, whatever. But we have one in our bag today. And this one comes from Osterman. It says, I cannot suffer any slander, no matter how minimal against the Watchmen TV show. That was some of the best stuff ever committed to film. Jeremy, you almost nailed it. The movie is made for people who love the book. But the next level down is that people understood the Watchmen world. The trailer fucked that up for people. It looks like a dark, edgy superhero movie that's totally not accurate. It's a reimagining of the superhero itself. The trailer needed to set that up and it did not. Wow, that's a really well thought out explanation. Well, thank you, Mr. Osterman. Is your first name John? Because if that would be the case, it could be AKA Dr. Manhattan. I agree with you, my friend. Yeah, I don't think I slandered. I, I, I thought I liked the Watchmen show. No, I think he's saying that in general, someone on the, this show, and I think it was Fergal, was talking bad about the TV show. But he said, ah, okay. which to you nailed it. I think it's two, 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 two separate thoughts. Oh, well, good. I'm, I'm glad somebody agrees with me since I am probably the least informative person on this podcast. <laughs> well, and I'm glad I got a piece of slightly angry mail. That's good. Um, that means I'm touching on a nerve. I think The Watchmen still has a lot of legs on this show. Um, is it as good as other shows? No. Is it as great as the movie? No, but it's got some legs. Before we head out, guys, what are you working on? What are you reading? Right now, uh, I'm doing a whole lot of catching up. I've got some cons I'm trying to prep up for next year that we're working with. Um, and really just focusing on the other jobs I've got going on. And right now, reading, I know what just came out today was Ultimate Spider-Man number one, John Wickman's um, classical remake of that comic, if you will. Um, and it's probably one of the most sought-after books. It was very hard to locate that book today. Or yesterday, excuse me, yesterday's new comic day. So it was very hard to locate that book. and was able to get some for clients, so that was really helpful. So, uh, But that's me right now. Uh, Retrovaniac, as always, is putting out a whole bunch of new shows. We're way behind on patron paid requests, so we're trying to get through a bunch of games. Uh, by the time this comes out, we would have just put out our first full episode of the year on the game Body Harvest for the N64. Uh, and Subtastics are finally booking shows again. So if you live in the D.C. area, really closer to Baltimore, and want to see Subtastics, keep an eye out on our Facebook page. Nice. Um, I'm actually just started reading the Gotham War, that, that crossover event occurred last year, and I just let the whole thing build up so I can read it in one sitting. For the show, um, I'm actually looking at booking some co-hosts for the uh, some guest co-hosts for us, you know, comic book writers, comic book artists, other hosts from other shows as well. So hopefully we'll get that scheduled out for the rest of the year. But with that, guys, I want to thank you for joining us today. If you enjoy the show, please give us a review and share it with your friends. If you want to drop us a note, tell us how we are wrong or make a movie suggestion. Just visit us at movie-smash.com. And thank you for listening. Please give us a review and share with your friends. If you want to drop us a note, tell us where we were wrong, or give us a movie suggestion, visit us at movie-smash.com.